Hi, this is Dr. John Day. Welcome to the Longevity Plan Podcast. This is podcast number 247, how to optimize your sodium to potassium ratio for longevity. Could the secret to health and longevity come down to the ratio of how much sodium to potassium you eat each day? In this podcast, I'm going to teach you how to optimize your sodium to potassium ratio for health and longevity. David's experience. David recently came to see me as a new patient for atrial fibrillation. Like most patients, he wanted to know how he developed this condition. After we discussed his diet, it was quickly apparent what the problem was. David was living on the standard American diet. For breakfast, it was basically cereal, bacon, or eggs. Lunch was a slice of pizza or a deli sandwich, hey, a bag of chips, and a Diet Coke. For dinner, it was ribs, pasta, or a cheeseburger. Of course, lunch and dinner were always topped off with a cookie or some other readily available treat. If he was honest, on a good day, he was lucky to eat one or two servings of a vegetable and fruit. For readers of my blog, listeners of this podcast, a diet like this seems almost unbelievable. However, this is what most Americans eat each day. Quickly pulling out my calculator, which is none other than my iPhone, I estimated that his sodium to potassium ratio was at least two to one. In other words, he ate two milligrams of sodium for every one milligram of potassium. If he wanted any chance of naturally treating his atrial fibrillation, he would need to completely reverse this ratio to one milligram of sodium for every two milligrams of potassium in his diet. Three bad things that happen from a high sodium to potassium ratio. If your dietary sodium to potassium ratio is high, then you're putting yourself at risk for a stroke, heart disease, or hypertension. So those are the three bad things, stroke, heart disease, or hypertension. Indeed, one large study from Japan showed that a high sodium to potassium ratio resulted in up to a 57% increased risk of stroke, 57% increased risk of stroke, 39% more heart disease, and at least twice the risk of high blood pressure. So definitely, you want to avoid those three bad things that can happen from a high sodium to potassium ratio. And of course, you don't need me to tell you that if any of those three bad things happen, then you're going to take a big hit on life expectancy and longevity. The sodium to potassium ratio trumps sodium or potassium intake alone. The push by the American Heart Association to get Americans to eat less salt may be misplaced. Indeed, based on a study of 2,974 Americans, the sodium to potassium ratio may better predict your risk of a stroke, heart disease, or hypertension than the actual number of milligrams of sodium or potassium that you eat alone. Thus, rather than restricting salt, we should Instead, focus on eating more potassium-rich foods. Indeed, potassium foods can offset whatever salt you happen to need to eat. So this is really good news for salt lovers. As long as you're getting your salt from the salt shaker rather than processed, prepared, or fast foods, then studies show that you can eat crazy amounts of salt and not put yourself at risk, provided that the milligrams of potassium you consume is higher than the milligrams of sodium you eat. And ideally, we're going to talk about what that ratio should be. So what is the optimal sodium to potassium ratio for health and longevity? In a perfect world, people would get at least one milligram of sodium for every two milligrams of potassium they eat. By eating this way, their sodium to potassium ratio would be one to two. So one milligram of sodium for every two milligrams of potassium. So if you consider that the 
typical American consumes 3,300 milligrams of sodium and 2,600 milligrams of potassium daily, then the ratio of sodium to potassium in the standard American diet is 1 to 0.7. So one milligram of sodium for every 0.7 milligrams of potassium. And by the way, this is far below minimally acceptable levels for optimal health. Interestingly, studies of our Paleolithic ancestors have shown that their sodium to potassium ratio was somewhere in the range of 1 to 16. One study even showed that among the primitive Yanamanoa Indians of South America, I'm sure I slaughtered my, with my pronunciation on that, who do not eat salt but yet do eat just mega amounts of bananas, their sodium to potassium ratio was in the range of 1 to 100. So one milligram of sodium for every 100 milligrams of potassium. So with that in mind, let me give you the best three ways to lower your sodium intake. Contrary to popular belief, you don't have to get rid of your salt shaker to reduce your sodium intake. In fact, I wish that my blog readers, podcast listeners would use their salt shakers more as that would indicate that they're probably eating more home-cooked meals with real food. The real enemy when it comes to sodium intake is processed foods, prepared foods, or fast foods. Based on my calculations, at least 80% of the sodium the typical American eats comes from these three sources, processed foods, prepared foods. You know, prepared foods is your TV dinners, frozen dinners, and then fast foods. And I would also throw restaurant foods in there with fast foods, just full of sodium, which is fine as long as you're eating a ton of potassium. Thus, to reduce your sodium, you need to eat more real food at home and eat less fake foods on the run. So, top three ways to boost your potassium intake. When it comes to boosting your potassium intake, just remember three foods. Fruits, vegetables, and legumes. If you can fill your plate with mostly fruits, mostly vegetables, or mostly legumes, then you should have no problem at all in optimizing your sodium to potassium ratio. Who is at risk from too much potassium? So, as with everything, there are always risks. If you have kidney failure, then boosting your potassium intake is the wrong thing to do. The reason for this is that your kidneys are responsible for optimizing blood potassium levels. If the kidneys can't do their job, then you may be at risk. Too much potassium or too little potassium could cause a cardiac arrest. Your kidneys will take care of you if you're just getting your potassium from dietary sources. However, if you are in kidney failure, then they can't take care of you. Likewise, so this is a, another carve-out group that needs to be careful. Many people with heart failure or high blood pressure may be taking medications that increase potassium levels, or they may be taking potassium supplements to offset the potassium lost with a diuretic. So, if you are on any prescription medications or have any chronic medical condition, please speak with your doctors first before bumping up the potassium-rich foods in your diet. David's experience revisited. Once David gave up 99% of the process prepared in fast foods in his diet and started eating real food at home, his body transformed immediately. Within just three months, his weight dropped 30 pounds, his systolic blood pressure came down 15 points, and his heart palpitations went away. While eating a real food diet took more preparation and thought on his part, he would be the first to tell you that his increased energy levels more than compensated for the additional preparation time that was involved to eat real food. So, practical tips. 
as I have repeatedly shared on my blog and in this podcast, you are only as old as your arteries. If you can keep your arteries young and by the same token, keep your heart young, then you will likely live a long life free of medications and other chronic medical conditions. And when it comes to keeping your arteries and your heart young, the sodium to potassium ratio is critical. While you could undoubtedly track every milligram of sodium and potassium you eat, there are many apps that will help you do this. There is a much simpler method. Namely, on the salt side or the sodium side of the equation, eliminate 99% of your processed prepared and fast foods and instead replace them with the potassium side of the equation, which are fruits, vegetables, and legumes. This change alone should put your sodium to potassium ratio at the goal target of at least one to two. So one milligram of sodium for every two milligrams of potassium in your diet. What is your sodium to potassium ratio? I would love to hear from you. Go on to my blog, drjohnday.com. Find blog number 247, scroll down to the bottom, and for the next 30 days, this comment section will be open for to post your comments, your questions, your thoughts. And during this period of time, I'm going to respond to every question posted. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast on the sodium to potassium ratio for how to optimize it for health and longevity, then you'll definitely want to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. There is wonderful information there that you won't find anywhere else on my website or in this podcast Sign up for this podcast if you're just listening to these manually. And of course, be sure to pick up a copy of our new book, The Longevity Plan. And with that, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell the world, tell somebody. And if you'd be so kind as to leave us a review, leaving your reviews, wherever you listen to these fine podcasts, Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, these reviews help us to get the word out so that we can help more people. So with that, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep living better. Thank you for listening to the Dr. John Day Show. Now is the time for you to live better. Go to drjohnday.com to sign up for Dr. Day's newsletter, daily success tools, and more. It's never too late to change.